Welcome to the MIND podcast. MIND stands for Michigan New Educators. This podcast is a place where new educators and sometimes their guests offer encouragement and insight into a profession understood by few but talked about by many. So whether you are an educator, love an educator, want to be an educator, or just need to learn more about us, we're glad you're here. Our hosts are four early career teachers brought together by the Michigan Education Association. The MEA is here to help educators in all stages of their careers. And that's the school bell, signaling it's time to start. Thank you guys for tuning in to Mind Michigan's New Educators. And today we are focusing on the topic that is on everybody's mind, virtual learning, remote learning. How is it affecting us? And how are we feeling? How is it affecting our students? How is it impacting each of the different districts? So today we're going to talk about all of that. And we're going to go ahead and maybe talk about some tips and tricks, what's working, what's not working. Um, and we're ready to roll. I'm Danielle. I'm a fourth grade teacher out of Bay City. Um, I am Amanda. I am a high school German teacher out of Rochester. I am Brittany. I am a second, third grade split teacher in Monroe. I am Sky. I am a fourth and fifth grade teacher in Lansing. So I think one of the things that all of us have taken away from this is how on our toes we have to be, how things are changing all the time. I mean, for right now, we're, we're recording our podcast on a Zoom meeting, something that it's actually awesome since we're all in different areas, but it's something that, you know, it's all new territory. It's overwhelming. And I think we're all feeling so many emotions right now. And I think that's something that it's important that we talk about. So what, what are you guys feeling throughout all of this right now? Kind of this sense of helplessness almost. I mean, I live in Lansing and not all my kids can have access to internet or devices at home. So, you know, I can maybe get into contact daily with six kids in my classroom. And that's so heartbreaking to me. Um, there was never this chance to say goodbye. There was never, I had started out with these kids last year. And my fifth graders are now moving on. And it's like, it breaks my heart because those are my babies. <laughs> and I had like no chance to throw them a party, to have this, you know, end. I know. Them. <laughs> so I feel like too, for me, like this, this time of the year is the best part of the school year, you know? So it's like, to lose out on that and the relationships and just the connection because just doing things online, it's just not the same. I'm sure you guys and everybody else is experiencing that too because I try, you know, like morning meetings and getting people to do a flip grid or like connect in that way. And the com you can't even really do the conversations. You can virtually, but it's just not, it doesn't have the same impact. So I just feel like I'm not doing enough I feel like I'm not providing the essential gifts or, you know, whatever it might be for my students that I would on a daily basis because they're just not getting fed the way that they should be or that they would be in the classroom. Yeah, I, um, I as a secondary teacher, like, I'm so sad about the seniors and I don't really even, I don't even teach seniors. I teach primarily freshmen and sophomores. But, but still, I mean, being, you know, being in the high school, there's so much, you know, excitement about the seniors and all of these events, you know, the senior breakfast, the senior walk, you know, um, the school that I teach at is a really cool event where the seniors put on their caps and gowns and parade through the hallways and all the students come out and, you know, clap for them. And they have this mm -hmm. huge, it's this really exciting, amazing moment. Um, and, you know, for them to be missing that and be missing prom and graduation and, um, there's definitely this feeling of just, I mean, it's grief. It's, it, they're missing out on these essential moments. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I know that, you know, at every level you have that too, with fifth graders, with eighth graders. So it's sort of just this acceptance that, um, you know, that things have, 
have changed. I have students who were supposed to be going to Germany this summer, you know, that had been preparing, that had students, German students come stay with them in the fall, and they were supposed to complete the other half of the exchange this summer. Mm -hmm. um, we're hoping they can just push that back a summer, but it's still this, like, you know, things that kids have worked for and put an effort for and dedicated time, and it's just, it feels like it's just been taken from them. So it's definitely sort of this, it's sad. It's just a sad situation. Yeah, I think that's the overall feeling is sadness. Um, I got into my classroom. I was allowed to be, they had five minute interval. Like we had uh, 30 minute intervals that we were able to go in our room and only five teachers were in the building at a time to grab their things. And I, I think the saddest part, like I saw it, like so I'm going to get emotional just talking about it right now, is that your room is so the same. Like all their stuff is still there. There's still water bottles on their desks. They're you know, your stuff, I have ungraded tests just sitting there. And it's emotional because it's like, you know, I read this post and it was talking about, you know, March being when things get really good, you know, mm -hmm. and I have been so overwhelmed and emotional about all of this because I'm like, this is honestly, I've had good kids, but this was like the first class that I'm like, this class is amazing. And I was so excited to do so much stuff with them. And it's just like, it's so selfish, but I feel robbed and I know they're robbed, you know, and that's the hardest part about all of it is just not having those moments and create those memories with them. So it's hard. And I'm just, you know, I know we're all feeling this sense of loss, mm -hmm. you know, we're all kind of mourning, <laughs> you know, a school year and what could have been. And now we're just trying to pull at what's left of the connections and keeping it together and let them know you're still here. That's so, yeah. I mean, I think we all saw the same post that was like, um, that this is like the best time for kids to learn. And it truly is. I had never really thought about it until now, but now that I'm missing it, I, I grieve for it because yeah. you have you, you, that first semester, you're just getting to know your kids <laughs> and how they learn and their personalities. And, oh, okay, Bobby does best when I do this with him. And then you have winter break and it's, you know, getting them back from winter break and all that. Now, this is the sweet spot. This is when I can joke around with my kids where we can have the most fun, where we can just get into the nitty gritty learning. We, we have that foundation. Now let's build on it. And we, we don't get that. Mm -hmm. We don't get that anymore. And that's mm -hmm. it's so heartbreaking. Um, to lose that with our kids and like how is it how is this going to look next year with mm -hmm. our kids like I I feel like I'm doing my kids a disservice right now because I'm not going to be able to prepare them for that next grade level yeah yeah I um I agree I I we actually had one of these trainings for the district right after that I work in right after this all happened and, you know, it was kind of like navigating through our emotions of, of everything that's going on. And um, my, the one that stuck out to me the most was feeling purposeless. Like my purpose is to be a teacher and to teach kids and to build those re relationships and everything else that comes with it. So I feel like I've just been really feeling like, you know, obviously I'm putting in a hundred 50% effort with this online learning, but the purpose behind it, you know, you don't get the, the same responses and the, the love and the connection. And, you know, so it's just a lot of like feeling like my, I'm not fulfilling my purpose in life. I, like Danielle said, you feel like selfish in a way, cause you're not getting, you know, the time with your kids and the connections and everything else. But then, you know, I know that they're not receiving the same thing. So it's just, it's really rough. I think that's what's so hard for teachers is we're natural born perfectionists and we want to, we, we try to be intentional all the time. And we've like, there's no way to be necessarily as intentional as we can be when they're sitting in front of us. Like I'm trying to figure out how can I best like service my kids? And I don't feel like I am doing enough. Like, and granted, am I available all the time? Yes, but I am not doing what I do when I'm sitting in my classroom. And I think that's what's so hard for me is I can't have those small groups. I can't target um, like Sally's goals and her um, and see what, what she needs most for me. I can't do that right now, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I mean, 
thinking about it from a secondary perspective, I mean, I have, I've definitely built relationships with my students, but nowhere near, I'm sure, is what you guys do because you just have, you know, a fifth as many kids as I normally do. So for me, you know, yeah, I've got 150 students and trying to touch base with all of them in this, it's, it's impossible. And, you know, I do these Google, you know, Google meets or zoom meetings, whatever, and send them surveys to get their feedback and their, how they're doing and all that stuff. But it is, you know, I can't, you know, stop and talk to, um, you know, Bob for a couple, that's always my, my name for my just random <laughs> head. And I, I actually, a kind of funny story. I forgot I have a Bobby in one of my hours and I was calling out my traditional, like, and then Bob fails the quiz and they're like, oh no, Bob. And I was like, oh no. So I always have to like make up a new name for that one. I'm like, not you, Bobby. Um, but anyways, like, you know, I'm missing out on those little relationships that I build with like my kids and it's just not the same on the internet. It's really not. And it's hard, you know, it's super hard. I've just seen how much my kids have progressed within like a span of a year from last year to this year even, and how just socially and emotionally, um, not even academically, I mean, they've progressed that way too, don't get me wrong, but, you know, socially and emotionally. And it's, I just, I wonder how they're dealing with this right now. And I, I worry about that because, you know, I, they don't deal well with emotion in social situations as is, and this is like throwing a complete wrench in everything. I, I just, I feel like I constantly worry about my kids and I'm like having nightmares about (laughs) what's going on in their homes. Are they getting fed? Are they getting the attention that they need? Mm -hmm. Are they even learning at all? Or are they just sitting and playing video games all day? Or are they reading their younger siblings? Like I have Mm -hmm. no idea. Right. Or are they even in a place where they can focus on learning? You know, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that, you know, people are some, I've seen some people online trying to equate this as if it's like, you know, summer break or a snow day or something like that, but it's it's completely not. I mean, this has put a pause on so many services that our students rely on or Mm -hmm. um, has stopped things. I mean, I have a student who is supposed to have changed custody between parents and that was put at a hold. I mean, it's, it's been stopped. And so, you know, I'm emailing both parents trying to, you know, get it's, it's, it's a nightmare or I mean the real, I've had two, two, two students who had grandparents who have died due to the, due to the virus. And, you know, Mm -hmm. how, how can we even expect them to, you know, watch this video or do this worksheet or, when they have a grandparent in, in the ICU. I mean, so I think there's, you know, on top of it just being, we can't see them. There's also this underlying, you know, monster that we're having to deal with that it's right. not just that like they don't have internet or they don't have, you know, time or their parents aren't busy or can't help them or don't help them. We also have the fact that we're doing this during a global pandemic, you know, yeah. I mean, that there's, People are sick. People are, you know, so there's also like that aspect that I feel like sometimes people forget about. We're not just teaching online. We're teaching online during a pandemic. And I mean, for those of us in this Metro Detroit area, you know, Brittany, I know you're, you know, in this area as well. We're Mm -hmm. in the hot zone, you know, Oakland Mm -hmm. County, Wayne County, they're getting shredded with this virus. And that's the other part that I just keep needing to like keep in mind is this isn't status quo. This isn't normal. This is not you know, it's, you can't expect any sense of normalcy during this. Right. And I think that's what I'm trying to take away from this is, you know, we're going to beat ourselves up. We're like I said, we do that. We're going to say, I'm not doing enough, but then I, I have to take a step back and say, yes, you are. Your job right now is to to keep the connection. And that's what our district has said. They're like, your goal is if they're learning something, thing in the in the meantime that's great that's awesome but your ultimate goal is to keep that relationship alive like keep talking to them and so that's what that's why I'm like I make myself available for them because for me I mean in my my household you know my stepson he's on the computer he's done with his learning at you know 1 30 he gets it done but that might not be normal for so-and-so and he has to start at 7 30 because that's when his little brother goes to sleep 
or something like that, you know? And, and that's why I think I have to put in my mind that as long as I am there for them and I'm connecting with them, I'm talking to them and I'm doing what I can to keep that communication alive, that's all I need to do right now. I think that actually is harder than teaching right now, you know, is just emotionally, like we're all saying, dealing with the lack of connection. I can't hug them. I can't, you know, do what I would normally do to make them feel safe. I don't have that space for them. And I'm just a person in a screen right now. And that's what's so hard. I agree, Danielle. I feel like, you know, it's been, you can easily reach parents or who's, who's willing to join the Zoom call or who's going to watch that instructional video that you made to figure out how to log on to this learning platform, you know, but, but for me, what I feel like has been difficult is those kids that I need to reach, you yeah. know, if I'm lucky, I can get through to that parent and then they'll let me talk to them on the phone. But those are the kids that aren't popping in for office hours. Those are the ones that aren't turning in assignments. And you're, you just constantly are just like, what more can I do when you're going through the list of everything possible that you've tried or that you're doing and you're just feeling just like at a loss. And like another thing that just boils my blood, I feel is like, you know, we're giving the same, and I don't know if this is the same for everybody else, but like when I'm pushing out assignments that you can't really differentiate, like you can, but then that's a whole nother level of like difficult difficulty for like us as teachers navigating through this and the pandemic and everything but um so like you know you can't differentiate when kids are turning in things that just don't make sense you know it's not like you're like it, for us with the littles like you can't just like hey hey bud let me text them really quick and say or you know let me tell them and explain them and reteach this to them because you can't unless right. you can like get that communication with the family and then you know what I mean? But so I feel like that's just so hard because kids are turning in things that they just don't get, or they're just like, yep, submit because mm -hmm. I don't yes. know what I'm doing, you know, and, it's, and you cannot, it's not their fault. You know what I'm saying? So then like, it all just goes back to the social emotional piece of it. And I feel like that's just the most important, the most right. important. Yeah. So. And I mean, at the secondary level too, what we're starting to notice is the academic dishonesty is at an all-time high. I mean, as a second language teacher, it's always a challenge to get students to not use Google Translate and right. this and that. And I mean, I probably had to send back, I think this week I had six assignments from students that were just, they just Google Translated them. Yeah. And, and it's sort of this, you know, line that I'm trying to walk where I'm trying to be understanding and being like, well, listen, it's, it's a temptation and they're stressed and, you know, they have, you know, six classes, but at the same time, I mean, they're, they're cheating and that's, and then I'm then trying to come up with new assignments that are going to beat the system that they can't cheat at, you know, that they can't copy that they can't. And it's just, and then I'm, then I'm like mad that they're cheating on these assignments that I'm like, working on and then I have to take a step back and be like they're not cheating to make you mad right they're cheating because they made, made a bad choice so that's that's another whole thing too right on a almost lighter note with the assignments online is everybody having the same problem where you will still put directions on the assignment and kids will still not read the directions on the yeah. assignment. Yeah. Some things never change. Some things will never change. Pandemic or not. <laughs> I actually Literally. had a parents. Go ahead, Danny. I was just going to say like on Seesaw, which is one of the ones I've been using, like you can record your voice as well. So like it's written then it's recorded. <laughs> and let me tell you, nope, neither, neither option. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. On Google Classroom, I'll like put the directions in the comments on the assignment when I post the assignment. And I'll still get like all the kids. What am I supposed to do here? And I'll literally like copy and paste the directions. Like, did you read the directions for this? <laughs> that's that's most of what my like Zoom or Google Meet meetings are is just vocalizing the instructions for them. Right. And I've had like I think it, I think it was a parent. A parent had reached out to another colleague and had said, well you know, my students said that the Zoom meetings are just going over the basics about what they have to do for the week and they're not actually teaching. And all I thought was, 
you clearly haven't spent time with 14 year olds because you can have it printed out, bolded, written on the board, say it. Tattooed to your forehead. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that's probably a lot of it is just saying, do this assignment. Here's how you're going to do it. This is what it's going to be. <laughs> right. I think that actually, this is a great transition talking about what we're, what tools we're utilizing and uh, what resources we're using. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, here in Bay City, we have utilized three through um, 12. We are using Google Classroom and for K, well, young fives through second, they're using Seesaw. And one tool that I absolutely have been loving is Loom. I don't know if you guys have used Loom. I love it. It um, It's great. It's just an extension that you can actually add to your, you know, your laptop. And when you can record yourself and it is, makes a short video, I do it every single day um, telling my kids, hey, this is what you have to do today. These are the assignments due. And then I also make a video for each assignment of myself. Like, so for example, next week we're doing fact and opinion. So, you know, I do a little blurb on what is fact, what is opinion. I tell them where the resources are, if they need them, what needs to be turned in and what else, you know, and they're two minutes long. So I don't try to be overbearing in them. They're really, I, I love that tool. I don't know what you guys are using. Um, Danielle, can you touch base a little bit just on explaining sort of the technology access in your district um, and then maybe sort of how they began the rollout to your students, just so we can kind yes. of get an idea. So Bay City is a huge district, and that's what's so overwhelming about it is that we have a lot of rural. We also have a lot of low income, but then we have the exact opposite where technology is not an issue. You know, we have some um, well-off um, elementary schools that that's not a huge issue for them. Um, so, for example, in my building, I express that I'm low income at risk, and none of my kids have either a, set, like a device that would necessarily be great, a uh, great resource for Google Classroom. Um, and a lot of them don't have the Wi-Fi. So my district actually um, compiled all the resources for the free or discounted Wi-Fi, and they set them up with that first. And if that doesn't work out, our district had like, I think they bought 150 hotspots, and they're giving those to the families that need them most. And as far as technology goes, um, we have 700, oh my gosh, I don't even remember. We had 1,500 Chromebooks district why well, I have to I have to remember the number but we had a significantly less we don't have enough Chromebooks to give one to every kid so they had to send out a Google survey saying if you need one um, let us know and then they had filed for to like get more Chromebooks so they bought each teacher one which obviously we don't own but um, and they ordered some more and each kid was able to check out a Chromebook if they needed one if they stated that but the problem was again if they don't have access to technology to begin with how did they get the Google survey? Right. So that's where we're finding a lot of glitches right now. Um, right now I have 21 kids in my classroom and I have 14 that are on my Google classroom actually. And not, like I said, maybe seven are really engaged in what I'm doing. Right. So that's what's so hard. Gotcha. Um, Brittany, do you want to share a little bit about sort of the background of your district and how they're handling yeah, uh, the so remote learning? The day that uh, the governor said everything was going to be canceled, you know, until that specific date in April or after break. Um, for us, it would have been after spring break. So we came in that Friday. It was a half day for us. And everybody was literally, I mean, not in panic mode, but I've never seen my like school and just like a group of people come together and disperse and like work it out flawlessly and just like, just for the kids, you know? So our district, we were like, okay, we're one-to-one -one with technology. So each student already has a device. So they nice. said third grade through sixth grade can take their Chromebooks home. Um, but of course, I had five kids or five or six kids that didn't come to school that day because they heard about what happened on the news. And then it was already a half day. So like you had that that we had to navigate through as well. But um, so then like we got together like work, books, like all like as many supplies as we can send home. We got all that together and then sent the Chromebooks home and then got the Chromebooks to the kids that were absent. And then we started on that following week. So I think it was like um, right after March 13th. So it was that following week we started, but it was like considered enrichment. So they, they called it enrichment opportunities, but me and my teaching partner worked super hard to like develop schedules, routines, contact everybody. And then for us, 
after the state said, you know, like we were going to be totally shut down for the year, um, my district actually, we had like a whole district meeting and then grade level meeting with all the teachers in the district, like broke out into our subject committee areas. We planned out our lessons and paced out lessons for each subject area and then like put it in these templates. So like what their idea was is like, how can we keep this like consistent across the district and equitable and all of that based on like what we would normally do, but obviously like much shorter um, and right. condensed. And then, you know, it's kind of like as a guide, like I'm not necessarily comfortable with pushing a video out to my students that might be a different teacher, you know, if I don't feel like, hey, you know, but it's a good guide, like to say, okay, this is what I'm going to be teaching. Let me redo that video or rework it. So I feel like that's been really helpful and they've been very proactive about all of that. But again, you know, same thing with Danielle, like the hotspots, they've been providing hotspots to those low income families or students that, you know, just don't have Wi Fi. And like mine is the same way. We have students that are well off, we have students that are, it's like a rural. And then we have low-income students that are also homeless, that are living in the homeless shelters. So it's like, I have one of my teaching partners, she has several students that are homeless. And it's like, how could you even expect them to do any type of, like for me, that's just crazy. It's like, I don't know. It's just a lot to ask of them on top of their already, the barriers that they're facing in their daily lives. So, so there's just a lot. I feel like I've had consistently like everybody's checked into some some platform that we're using um, besides like one student specifically has not at all. And then everyone else might be spotty. So I might, I have 26 kids. I might have around 20, 19, 20 that will be pretty active, five that are like spotty. And then the one that just hasn't been on at all. And, you know, of course I've made attempts and done everything that I can. But um, but I've gotten into contact. It's just like the Chromebook doesn't have a charger or this, this you know, this isn't working or that's not working. So that's also been hard for the district with like technology issues and fixing them. And then on our food distribution, like the buses that are providing the free breakfast and lunch for all of our students Monday through Friday. Um, and then they're giving them enough, I know, during spring break, weekends and stuff like that as well. But they were dropping off tech supplies on the, on the buses as well on those routes. So just a lot going on and a lot to to keep up with and to navigate. But it's right. it's very good stuff. I feel like they're they're doing the right thing. I don't have any issues at all. I feel like they're they're really just trying to keep families and kids like how can we support them the best we can. So. Right. It sounds really great that you had that, you know, one to one already in place. I feel like those yeah. the districts that had that I feel like had really the most seamless um, yes, transition. Right. Um, Sky, what about yourself in uh, Lansing? Um, well, I felt like my classroom was a little more prepared for it. Um, we had been watching the news daily and having discussions about it. We had set up a Google Classroom and I'd been warning my kids that <laughs> we may shut down for a little period of time. And if you do, just make sure, you know, without warning, make sure you go on the Google Classroom, um, so on and so forth. Uh, we had literally just met as a school the the night before it closed, um, or sorry, Thursday night. So it closed Friday the 13th, March. Um, so that Thursday night, well, we're going to stay open. We'll see how things are going to go. We'll keep it at a week-to-week -week basis. You come in Friday morning, and it was like, well, the schools are going to close for <laughs> until after spring break. I need, like, we're like, okay, let's get as much work together as possible. Um, the teachers were amazing. Um, you know, we were just kind of looking after everyone's kids and it was kind of more of like this come together moment for the kids and the teachers. And we were just trying to um, get out as much um, learning material as possible and packets um, for the children so that they were able to continue learning during this time. Um, the some of the parents, some of our PTA and our teachers, we set up a food delivery system. Um, Lansing did their own food delivery, um, well, food pickup for um, families in need, but our school specifically, we volunteered to pick up food for some of our families that don't have that option to pick up or don't have transportation of any type. 
Um, so I've been doing food deliveries um, pretty frequently um, with a couple of the other teachers for um, our families. Um, you know, dropping it off and jumping back in the car and waving from your car window <laughs> type deal. Um, yeah, I mean, I had Google Classroom set up, so I had maybe six kids that have been able to access the Google Classroom. Um, once schools were shut down for the rest of the year, Lansing, we just did our packet handouts last Friday um, for um, the kids to access at home. We had to, right before that, we had to call each of the parents and do a little survey asking um, if they were able to access devices, if they were able to access internet. Um, majority of my kids don't have access to internet, don't have access to devices. Um, and even if they do, a lot of their parents are using them for their own jobs right now. So they get to log on at, you know, six o'clock at night after their parents are done working. Um, so that's kind of difficult um, to do or set up any kind of Zoom meeting. We really, there's been no Zoom meetings really with the kids because it's, it's not really been that feasible. Um, but, and a lot of our parents too are losing their jobs. And so they're canceling their internet um, because, you know, that's another 10, 20, 30 bucks that they can save for food on the table. Um, so that, that part's a little difficult. Um, I did find out that Comcast was doing this or like other internet services were doing a discount for kids that are learning at home, which has been helping some of the families. Um, but yeah, that's, that's been pretty much it. Uh, in, in our packet, it was just our curriculum, um, that we were using at school anyway. Um, Part of me is a little worried that the kids are gonna have a hard time understanding that because it's, they just use the last six weeks of the curriculum. Um, and some of the kids might not have been at that level, might not have been there yet, or will not be able to understand those instructions without teacher um, involvement. And I'm not sure if some of the parents will be able to help. Um, so it does worry me a little bit, but the district has definitely come together. The teachers have definitely come together to help support the kids. And it's been, that part has been absolutely wonderful. So gotcha. Amanda, your district was one of the first ones to kind of take the lead on everything. So right. you want to explain more of what you guys have been doing? Yeah. So um, I can get some details. I don't fully know a lot of what is happening with the elementary students. Um, because can I just say, whenever someone has asked me like, oh my gosh, online schooling, remote schooling must be so difficult. My first response is always, I mean, my kids know how to use a computer. They've used all these apps before. I can't imagine what elementary school teachers are going through. Um, so kudos to you guys because like, I, I can't even imagine, I think it's hard just getting them to do like three assignments and they are already computer literate and are familiar with this and you guys are like we're going to teach you about facts and opinions and like kindergarten teachers oh my gosh like I just truly unbelievable um so sort of thinking back to the week when this all kind of kicked off we had had on election day we had a full day pd and I remember our superintendent gave us a pretty long talk about you know what might happen with um COVID you know what would kind of shake out and I remember that was when we were all kind of starting to think like, okay, like this, this could be more serious. Um, but also like nowhere in my mind did I think on that Tuesday that by Friday we would be closed. Um, but he did make clear like we're in communication with, you know, with the governor, with, with the White House, like they, they were making all these conversations. So then on Wednesday night, they uh, canceled school for Thursday and Friday. And I think they actually canceled school like until further notice or something. It was very vague. And I remember I was babysitting Wednesday night and I normally used to babysit on Wednesday night until like around midnight. And the parent that I babysit for is in Troy schools. And I told him like, you might want to refresh your email a few times. Things are happening. Um, so on Thursday, we sort of met as a staff and just started talking about getting with departments and figuring out how we would plan to roll out remote learning. Um, and then that was sort of what we did on Friday as well. 
And I will say this is one of the times that I'm super thankful to be a, a newer teacher because the majority of, um, you know, online resources were already things that I was using. And I was sort of in a flipped position where I was sort of the, the guru having to show these older teachers, you know, more veteran teachers, how to use Google Classroom, how to, you know, how to set up, you know, right. Flipgrid and all this stuff. So that was kind of an interesting role reversal. But I think we all came together really well to um, make those moves. So um, we actually started our legitimate remote learning on March 20th, I want to say so a week a full week after um, schools closed and it was initially just sort of for enrichment so it wasn't required but it was recommended and I would say we had about eh, two-thirds of students do it um, our district also worked really hard to put together technology to have um, parents who needed technology come and pick those up um, I am in a in a district that's a little bit higher socioeconomically so most of our students have tech and internet at home. Um, we do have some pockets though that are sort of low income or at risk. So we did make sure that they had hotspots as well to pick up as well as um, technology. Um, and then we had a lot of high schoolers who had a ton or high school and middle schoolers who had a ton of stuff in, in their lockers. So our buildings did a really good job of spacing out pickup times, you know, um, to figure out how they're going to get 1600 students in and out of the high school to get their stuff so they figured that out and um, the week following spring break is when we moved to a pass-fail system so we for the entire second semester are just at a pass-fail um, system so we're putting all assignments in as either credit or no credit and we're taking weekly attendance. So the way that we sort of have it set up is Monday is for first and second hour. So the morning is first hour time, the afternoon is second hour time. Uh, Tuesday is sort of like for support services, if they want to reach out to their counselor, if they need to talk to anything like that, or to sort of catch up. Wednesday is third and fourth hour, and then Friday is fifth and sixth hour. So if we're holding any Zoom calls, we just make sure we keep them within our hour so that they're not missing out on anything else. Um, our district isn't really requiring a lot. You know, they're not requiring us to do a certain amount of assignments. They're not requiring us to do Zoom meetings. Um, and I think that's something that we also need to keep in mind that for some of us doing a Zoom meeting might be no issue or a Google Meet, it might be totally fine. But for other teachers who have, you know, young kids or maybe don't feel comfortable doing an online meeting, maybe don't have a house that they're like super stoked about broadcasting to their students. I think um, that's also something that we should keep in mind. So I'm really appreciative that our district isn't saying like, you must Zoom meet twice a week. You must assign this. You must do this. They're very mm -hmm. much um, throughout this whole thing has been like, you're professionals. Use your professional discretion. Um, we trust you to do what's right. We're not going to tell you you have to do this or you have to do that you know what's good for kids and make sure you're doing that. And I think we've been really successful with that so far. Um, but it's tough to get a lot of times high schoolers are so focused on grades. Um, and you know, well, how many points is this? What is this? How many, how many assignments can I miss and still pass? How many of this can I do? And still, and that's kind of where like the frustration is setting in because we've really trained them to just think like, I need to, get an A. So I need to do this so I can get an A as a, and now we're trying to like reverse it to like, Hey, do this because you're going to learn and it's good for you to learn this thing. And they're so used to just chasing the carrot of an A that that's, I think one of the hardest transitions is getting them to realize that there's value in doing work, even if it's not to earn an A. So mm -hmm. I don't know that's sort of the biggest issue that I'm facing, honestly. I mean, I, I think honestly, after all of this, we I think people are finding a completely newfound appreciation for teachers. Um, mm -hmm. And because I mean, this, this job isn't easy. And I think that there's going to be a lot of good to come out of this pandemic. I know we have to be patient and wait to see it through. Um, but one thing, um, coming back to the MEA, I think they have fought tooth and nail for us to make sure that we were still paid mm -hmm. through everything. Yeah. And, and Exactly. And I think that this is an important time for us to remember moving forward into the fall that what they did for us and mm -hmm. to thank them. And uh, one of my 
one of our um, members had said, there's no better thinking than sitting at 100% membership in the fall. And that was something that I think is a huge takeaway from all of this because they have fought so hard for us. And um, I'm just, I'm very, I feel very blessed and thankful um, because I don't know what I would have done if I was not going to be getting paid throughout all this. Um, it would have been a completely, it would have changed my life. And so I'm very thankful for that. Amanda? Yeah, I think one of the other things too is I think that this is causing sort of a national awakening on how important education is. That education is not just, you know, giving kids a worksheet every day and then filling this out, but it's all of these essential services that oftentimes get forgotten about. You know, this is how kids get food. This is how kids in bad home situations, you know, can can get out because they have a teacher every day noticing that they're they, they have a bruise or something like that it's you know I feel like parents are realizing like how hard it is to teach which is not normally a thing that people think about you know and I now we're seeing all these memes of like you know I just homeschooled my kid for five minutes he's already <laughs> suspended like the teacher is fired like it's and so I think that we're, there's this wave right now that I really hope we can sort of jump on and continue to push forward to say like, hey, you know, you just struggled for three months to teach one kid. Now, we do that for the whole year with 30 other kids, you know, or for high school, 149 other kids. At and once. So, yeah, <laughs> at once, right? So I think, and, you know, and we can't send them to their bedroom. <laughs> so I think that, you know, this is the time to really like push for funding of public ed. You know, people are understanding now finally how vital what we do is. So now is the time to really say like, yeah, sharing memes is great. Like saying, posting on Facebook is great, but now is the time to say, you need to support candidates that are going to fund public ed. You need to support legislature that's going to fund public ed. And yeah. I think now is like the time where people are realizing like, oh, maybe we should pay teachers more. <laughs> like maybe, maybe it is important. So Brittany. And I, I mean, I totally agree. I feel like, like you said, people are saying it and sharing the memes and, you know, saying how we deserve so much more, but it's like the only way that that can actually happen is if you vote for the right people that will help us, you know? Right. And I feel like I've also been just trying to tell my parents too, like, this is not all the work that we would even do in a day you know, like this is, you know, you have all the parents that are posting a status, some, you know, that are, are thankfully blessed to be able to be that homeschool teacher mm -hmm. and that are like, oh my gosh, I just can't with like all this stuff. And really, truly it's not, but to them, they're not a teacher. So obviously they're going to feel like this is crazy. And I'm like, you guys, this isn't even the half of what we do in a school day, you know, Definitely. but thank you for your support, you know, and I feel like it's been one of the positives to come out of this, which there's been some, but it's like deepening the relationships with the families. I feel like I, it's just a whole nother deeper level to that family teacher communication and relationship. So I'm really, I feel really thankful to have that during yes. this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think too that, I mean, what I'm seeing is a lot of my parents, not my parents, but like the parents of my students are reaching out and they are so stressed because, you know, a parent can make their way through, you know, uh, a third grade science assignment or, you know, reading one of their books, May maybe, right? <laughs> or, you know, you would you'd be surprised, <laughs> right, right, helping them with math or whatever. But, you know, my students have zero help at home to help them learn German. Or I mean, the reality, right. is if I had a high, if I had a high school student of my own, and they were like, I'm in calculus, I'd be like, Khan Academy, like, I, I can't do that. So I think a lot of you know, uh, you know, middle school and high school parents are really, you know, stressed and frustrated because, you know, they're so much at, they, they're at a point where like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do German. I don't, I don't remember chemistry. What's physics? Like, so I think parents are really frustrated. And also they don't, they're so much at the, at the mercy of their kids just saying, yeah, I did it. I logged on. I did right. my, mm -hmm. and how do they, how do they know? So and then, then I'm the one responding to 400 emails you know, a week. <laughs> like, right. Yes, they did it. No, they didn't. So, yeah. I know. I think that that's a big takeaway from all of this is how important we are face-to-face. -face. 
that you're not going to get the same experience virtually. I mean, you take us away, you take away that human connection and we really strip education from what it's really worth. You know, education is so much more than teaching them long division and German. It's about the relationships that we create with them, making them want to show up every single day, enjoy what they're doing. And I think that that's what it's all about. And I think when I'm able to walk back into my classroom, I'm also going to find a whole new appreciation for it. There were days I'd go into work and I'd be like, why? Oh my gosh, I don't want to be here. I need 15 cups of coffee right now. But I think that the next time I walk into my classroom, yeah, of course there might be those days, but I have something to reflect back on now when it was taken away from me Mm -hmm. and my kids. And I'm going to be a whole more, I'm going to be a better person because of this. I really do. I think I'm going to be a better teacher too. Mm-hmm. I agree, Danielle. I feel the same way. And I feel like that about my coworkers too, because how many times are you just like in a hurry and you're going down the hall to go get your copies or, and, and you might not even, you might like do like a little, like maybe a wave, but maybe you don't even wave. And I'm like there, I am never going to pass anybody <laughs> in the hall and not say hi or good morning or good afternoon. And just because we've lost that human connection and so, I mean, just as a teacher all around, as a coworker, as a friend, as everything that we do in our day, you know, communicating with families, I mean, that could even look different too, going back, you know, going back and like, we have a lot of opportunities now where we can use Zoom and maybe instead of for parent-teacher conferences, you know, like those might look different. I don't know. I just feel like we, we have a lot more advantages coming out of this yes. that we can use, but of course, like nothing replaces that human to human connection. So Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I definitely think this is a good place for us to just talk about, you know, what is the first thing you're going to do when you're able to get back into the school? What are you most excited about? Um, so I know Brittany, you kind of said that you're excited to talk to your coworkers and just completely slow down, take it all in. Is there anything else that you're really looking forward to? Just, to, like you said, like just to not take any moment for granted with your students because you could get like so irritated because so-and-so shouted out and they just ruined the lesson or and your principal's in there observing. But I feel like that's the moment where you're just gonna like laugh now. You might just laugh and be like, I love this. You know, this is what I missed <laughs> when I was cheated out of the rest of my school year, you know. So mm-hmm. I feel like just really truly enjoying every single moment, every little thing with your mm-hmm. kids going forward is something that I'm gonna I know that I'll be doing once this is over so right Amanda what about you um one thing that I'm looking forward to is I have seen this huge shift with my kids we're normally like listen high schoolers and they're like oh school 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 so hard school so boring whatever and now it has really switched with like I want to be back in school I hate this I hate this so much. Why can't we just be in school? School is so much easier. I'm like, yes. Now remember this in the fall. Um, (laughs) um, The other thing that I'm looking forward to, so I was going through, I was grading some assignments last week. And one of the things, the very last question was was like, what are you watching right now? You know, what are, what are you watching on Netflix or Disney plus or Hulu? We got a lot of free time. How are you spending it? And so I was just reading through all of my students just telling me, oh, I'm watching this, I'm watching this. And I was just crying. Like, I was so sad because a lot of them, I mean, are they watching material that's appropriate for them, their ages? Probably not. But my, my personality was like, that's a good show. I didn't know you liked this show. I didn't, and I just kept thinking, shoot, like, I didn't know that they, I love all of these shows. Why did we never talk about this? Why, why am I only like kind of realizing this? now and so it like made it made me cry I was like I miss these kids like I want to talk to them about the office mm-hmm. um so it's definitely making me sort of reflect it's like well I should probably you know do a little bit I should do a little bit more I want to find out like tell me everything like what's because mm-hmm. you know you always have those kids that are gonna just be like bah, 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 and then I found a snake and then the snake but like some of the quieter kids I really want to make sure I have that like push next year yeah. to mm-hmm. you know hear hear what they got to say and yeah, so right. that's definitely what I'm I'm looking forward to next year. What do you what do you think it's guy? Just that I want to give all my kids a big hug next year. <laughs> um yeah. just it's kind of like what everyone's saying, just those interactions that you take for granted every single day um, with your kids and your with your coworkers, the administration, and you never really think about on a day-to-day basis because you're usually stressed. Like as teachers, we're thinking about a hundred million things at once you know, what does Bobby need? What does Sally need? And 
just slowing it down and really appreciating um, the kids and your coworkers as individuals outside of the classroom as well. Um, pretty much it yeah I could not agree more I that's go ahead sorry what about you Daniel (laughs) I hear this but hold on but now I just I want to hear those stories like I have like them messaging me on like the Google Hangouts and they'll be like hey I got my hair cut today and that's something so simple, but they thought it was important that they wanted to tell me. And that's something that I, again, took for granted. They found it, found it important enough that they wanted to come up and tell me because what I think matters to them. And I think so many times, like, you know, I would be listening, but you know, you know, that teacher listening, you're like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, now I'm going to really listen to them. Like, I want to hear what they've done. And, um, I just want to hug them and like, I don't know. I just, I can't wait to just be so excited having them sit in front of me and tell me what they did this weekend and, you know, have those moments again. I'm not going to take them for granted. And if I do, I need to go back and just slap myself. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a whole different experience. And I think we're all part of history and we're, we're all going to be better because of this. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, We are hoping to have some more podcasts in the future, specifically including some aspiring eds and educators. And our next podcast is definitely going to be talking about some challenges that they might be facing, as well as some tips and tricks that any teacher, new aspiring veteran can definitely use in their classroom. And we want to really thank you for tuning in. And we want you to know that we are right there with you. Uh, Please follow us on any of our social media networks. We are Michigan New Educators on Facebook and we are MI New Educators on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Stay safe, people. We appreciate you. We know you're working hard. Grace goes a long way these days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Stay inside, stay safe. You're doing enough. Take care of yourself.